Talk STL. A couple quick reminders for you. As I mentioned earlier, we will be carrying the debate this week on uh, Wednesday night in Iowa. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are the only two Republican candidates that qualified. Mm. Well, Donald mm-hmm. Trump, you know, technically qualified too, but he's not doing the debates, as we all know. Um, they are the only two that qualified for this debate that is being uh, moderated by CNN Wednesday night in Des Moines, Iowa at Drake University. Of course, the Iowa caucuses are one week from today, which is crazy to me. I think, are we going to talk to Karen Fessler tomorrow? We are. Mm-hmm. So we are going to talk to three oh five Karen Fessler uh, in Iowa with the uh, Republican uh, Iowa, the the state party there in, in Iowa. She has been somebody I've talked to over the years many, many times. Uh, uh, Chris Arps and Tim Jones talk to her on a regular basis. She delivers the truth, gives us the insight on mm-hmm. what the feeling is, who's got the momentum, you know, what's the what's the feeling in Iowa as we get ready for the Iowa caucus on Monday. So I'm very much looking forward to uh, talking to uh, Karen Fessler tomorrow. So make sure you are listening for that. And then on Wednesday night, uh, this debate, we will be carrying from 8 to 10 p.m. live. Uh, We will be carrying the Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley debate. Going to be very interesting because this is something that I, this is what I wanted months ago, you know, to see one-on-one or maybe three people on the stage Mm -hmm. three months ago i feel like i would have loved seeing ron desantis and nikki haley go one-on-one on stage but i wonder if that if the you know that 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 momentum that desire to see these two has is faded over the last several months and it's and it's not you know, it's yeah. it, it's not being anticipated as it, as I think it probably would have been, you know, a few months ago. Yeah, I think the glitz and the glam mm-hmm. of just debates that are not the front runners have have probably fallen to the wayside. Um, it's, it's interesting you say that. So do you would you not describe Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley as front runners? Uh, Trump. I know. I, that's the I, only listen, one. I know. I that's get it. The only one. I'm that not I arguing. Say. I'm just asking because and that was that's an interesting way to say it. Because I I agree with you. Yeah. It's hard to say people front, that are yeah. 40 points behind in that's, a lot of polls if are they front were runners. Even but close. I think that I think that many in the media would describe Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley as front runners. I think you're, they, and they have, and mm-hmm. they definitely have described them as that. And again, if this was, if we were even talking about, let's say, 15, 20 points, that's still large. But if we were talking about 15, 20 points, I think I would qualify them as front runners. But we're not. We're talking about leaps and bounds of a difference between Trump and these and Nikki and Ron DeSantis. Not the outcome that I thought it was going to be when we started talking about campaign season, but this is where we are. And... I don't know if the point is going to hit home. I don't know if the point will come across that Nikki and Ron DeSantis are trying to prove 
because everybody knows it already. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knows it already. And if you don't know it already, you can listen to a rally that they've had in Iowa. You can listen to a rally that they've had in New Hampshire or wherever they're campaigning at the moment. I just look at this and I'm like, they're going to spend time attacking each other with a little bit of attacking of Trump, I feel. Mm-hmm. But th- th- even if they attack, attack Trump just a little bit, it doesn't matter that they're attacking each other because they're still nowhere close. I mean, they're they're catching Trump's dust mm-hmm. at this point. So yeah. I don't know. Now, th- this is why it's going to be this is why I'm really looking forward to talking to Karen Fessler tomorrow, because the I'm looking at the real clear politics uh, averages right now in Iowa and it has real clear politics has Trump at 51.3 percent. DeSantis at 18.6 and Nikki Haley at 16.1. However, and I know that this is their job to do it, but the DeSantis people are saying with a straight face that Ron DeSantis is it, that it is much closer than what these polls say in the state of Iowa, which is something that will be the first thing I ask Karen Fessler tomorrow. Is there any truth to the idea that these polls could be Showing a a, a a unrealistic lead for for Donald Trump, I, but my question to that because is I that don't feel like it's unrealistic. But because what when in the history of Donald Trump has there ever been a card played in his favor? In, I mean, <laughs> when rough. when have yeah. we ever looked at data that has been a a go Trump rally around Trump? And and if their justification are that the polls are biased. And that the polling companies are doing this to have Trump gain any favors. When the hell have we ever seen that? Right. That that's to me doesn't make any sense. That's a great point. That's a great point. So uh, we'll be carrying that debate Wednesday night, eight to ten. DeSantis and Nikki Haley. If there, this is their one. I mean, it doesn't. It, I mean, it matters. The impact that they have throughout the country matters, but it really matters if they can make an impact on the voters in Iowa, because, you know, if they have a if they both just get blown out on Monday, you know, that's going to be that's going to be a tough thing to uh, overcome. Speaking of tough things to overcome, Joe Biden is struggling with support from black voters in South Carolina, according to a brand new NBC News report. NBC uh, News released this report today saying South Carolina voters aren't pleased with President Biden's campaign and think he needs to step up his outreach to black voters. As they suggest, the president borrowed support from Barack Obama to help win that state in 2020. NBC reported that South Carolina voters were questioning why Biden has sent billions of dollars to Israel and Ukraine instead of focusing on domestic policies. That is going to be something that is going to play a larger role down the line, specifically when Joe Biden has to start more actively campaigning and answering questions you know there's there's a lot of people in this country that feel like man we sure are we sure are doing everything we can to send money and aid and supplies to other places around the world when we sure could use them right here in our community there's a lot of people that feel that way so uh, that is definitely going to play out in a big way. I think voters said that they wanted Biden to take action on police reform. 
quotes from the story. Uh, and some suggested that Biden may have borrowed black support from Barack Obama during his 2020 election win. They quoted one 40-year-old black Democrat voter in this story as saying, quote, it's been a lot of broken promises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Former South Carolina State Representative Fletcher Smith, who was a surrogate for Biden in 2020, told NBC that he was frustrated with Biden's staff saying, quote, I think part of the problem with this is the messaging from the White House is not actually resonating in the black community. This administration looks like they don't want the black vote. That was, again, from a black former South Carolina state rep that was a surrogate for Biden in 2020. And quick history lesson. If you remember in 2020, Speaking of the Iowa caucus and then New Hampshire, Biden was did terribly. It was I remember talking about how it's how I remember talking literally it was like it was it was considered by many that Joe Biden was out of the race. He he was he was done. That's how bad that's how bad of a start his his campaign got in 2020. Dismal showings in Iowa and New Hampshire but then rebounded with a huge win in South Carolina that was powered by the strong black voter turnout and support. Um, and that's what many people, and I, I mean, I th- think that it was obvious that's what got him back on track and, you know, on to eventual victory. Without that happening in South Carolina, things it could have been very different. And much of that support was uh, credited to Congressman James Clyburn, who is a close ally to the president and endorsed Joe just in time to turn the tide in South Carolina. Clyburn was actually asked about this on Sunday. So this is even before this NBC report came out, which shows you this has been a concern for a while. Uh, CNN's Jake Tapper asked Clyburn over the weekend if he was worried about black voters turning out for Biden as they did in 2020. And the uh, congressman said, quote, well, I'm not worried. Remember that first statement as I read this quote. Well, I'm not worried. I'm very concerned. And I have sat down with President Biden. I don't know. I saw those reports. Also, I've seen one report indicating that I have sat down with President Biden, and I did. And I told him what my concerns are. I have no problem with the Biden administration and what it has done. My problem is we have not been able to break through that MAGA wall Mm. in order to get to people exactly what this president has done. Sounds like he is worried, even though he started the, the statement with, I'm not worried. Um, sounds like he is. And we've heard that before. This excuse that people don't like Joe Biden or the people that don't like Joe Biden just don't understand all the great things he's done. And yeah. if people knew all the things he's accomplished, they'd love him. But it's the right wing MAGA media that has everyone fooled, which is the lamest excuse ever. And, not working. I mean, even I, even liberals know that that is how stupid that sounds. That the the mainstream MAGA media it's just, <laughs> is against Joe Biden. It just is one of those things that 
There was a lot of broken promises. There, uh, and I know in presidencies when people campaign, they make all of these exuberant, crazy promises to the people and then half of them are broken. I completely get that. But the biggest broken promise and disappointment of them all was getting Kamala Harris as the vice president and thinking that she was going to do something with the popularity for the black vote. That she has been one of the most crippling aspects of Joe Biden's presidency amongst so many other things but specifically because Joe Biden and his administration used her as a pawn that she gladly played up she gladly took the role obviously because it was vice president but he thought that that was going to garnish that that was going to win him garner Mm -hmm. excuse me at garner favor he thought that that was going to be something that was revolutionary for his campaign in order to gain these votes these the in the black community in the brown community probably with women Mm -hmm. and it has been an epic failure because if you listen to people going all the way back to two weeks ago if you listen to people like charlamagne the god if you listen to the people on the breakfast club who all have said she has ghosted us Joe Biden has ghosted us. Mm-hmm. They have left our community, our communities in the dust. They have done nothing to further the education. They have done, done nothing to help with jobs. They made a promise to us and then left us in the dust. Yeah, which is it- this is this is the un. This is what happens whenever you have identity politics. Which is in you're you are saying exactly what Fletcher Smith that I think that's one of the most interesting parts of this report from NBC News is that this former South Carolina state rep who I know nothing about so maybe he's you know maybe his word is untrustworthy but the fact that he is a that he was a black Democrat state representative. In South Carolina in 2020, that was a surrogate for the Biden administration, just told NBC News that, quote, this administration looks like they don't want the black vote. It goes along with everything that you just laid out. It's all it's like they and this is not anything new. We've talked about this for a long time. It's like they just they just take the black vote for granted. Like it's like it's going to be there whether we do anything, you know, any outreach, show any support, communicate with like, you know, whether we do any of that or not, we're going to get that, that support. And I I don't, I don't, that it's, I don't understand. I've talked about how I don't understand why he refuses. The white house refuses to even address the age issue that is number one in so many polls they just ignore it uh they uh, they ignore they ignore this issue it's like i don't understand this this strategy or this plan or this path that the biden campaign is on that they just pretend like all of the major issues and major questions that people have about them just don't exist they just act like they're not even there. Yeah. And something that's, that's, not a, that's not a winning strategy. It isn't. But I think something that else, something else that's happening right now is that they they do care, but they don't care as much that they're, they're that they're losing people in the black community because they have illegal immigrants to come in. And some of these states are allowing illegal immigrants to vote. 
So, I mean, which is one of the biggest things, Citizens for Voting, which is one of the biggest things Chris Arps is an advocate for, the mm-hmm. Citizens for Voting, non-citizens for uh, not voting. But, and now at this point, they're losing the black community, they're losing the brown community, and I don't know if they're up in arms about it because they have a whole new strategy that they're trying to coalesce, which is allowing illegal immigrants to vote, allowing they want 16 year olds to vote. Mm-hmm. So they understand the playing field. They're just trying to change it. Yeah. They're in there and they're pandering to everybody but the voters. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, it just is a, I don't know. Maybe it's part of the, maybe it's ulti- part of the ultimate plan for, <laughs> to get Joe Biden off the ballot. Maybe this is all on purpose to make him yeah. the weakest candidate possible so somebody Super can strategy. swoop in yeah, and, uh, and and take that spot. Who knows? Because, I don't know, that's as good of an answer as any with the way that this president just puts blinders on and pretends like all of these, uh, these issues just simply don't exist. All right. Um, I want to talk about a very, uh, very scary and very dangerous thing that is happening. Missouri uh, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft uh, addressed this today. He was swatted over the weekend. And this is something that is that is starting to happen more and more to people in the in the public eye, uh, specifically politicians and I don't know if, if I don't know if swatting is this well-known term. If everybody knows what that means, I feel like I did not everybody does. And and if you don't know what that means, then you certainly don't understand how dangerous it is. And for this to have happened to Jay Ashcroft is a, a, a scary situation. So want to explain that, uh, and uh, we'll get into some more things next on Colombo and Kate. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 1019 News Talk STL. Katie and I back in the studio together for the first time in several days, catching up on everything from the weekend as we kick off what is going to be another busy week. Again, don't forget we'll be carrying the DeSantis-Haley debate this Wednesday night live from 8 to 10 right here on News Talk STL. So make sure you are tuned in here for that. Uh, Also want to remind you that as we go forward uh, with all the great discussions and interviews that are going to be happening in the coming months, that you should be subscribed to the Columbo and Katie podcast. We put the show out as a podcast every day right after we get done, and it's the best way to make sure that you just never miss Mm -hmm. anything. And we put it on basically every podcast platform so whatever one your favorite platform is just make sure you're subscribed to Columbo and Katie uh, also want to remind you we talked a little bit about this last week but uh, tickets are now on sale we are a uh, 100% go for our concert coming up on January 27th at Westport Playhouse Katie and I's band Tony Colombo and the North County Sound Machine along with closest quarters which so is of course cool. mark close from casey uh that is his band 
playing along with Lenny Mink, who is the owner of Westport Playhouse, and his band uh, are all coming together for this great show on January 27th. All ticket proceeds go to Thrive St. Louis. So what a great cause, and it's going to be just a great party. Uh, our bands alone are always just a, a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but we've got some other surprises and guest appearances and other things planned. It's just going to be a great party. January 27th, which is a Saturday night, out at Westport Playhouse. Uh, get your tickets now at westportplay.com. Uh, just $15 for a ticket. And again, 100% of the proceeds goes to Thrive St. Louis. Thanks to our great sponsors, uh Gutter Pros and Weber Chevrolet. So mm-hmm. thanks to those two uh, companies so much, Weber and Gutter Pros, for making this, um, making it able, uh, making us able to give all of the proceeds to Thrive St. Louis. So get your tickets now and join us. It's going to be so much fun. Katie and I were just talking about it at break. I am so excited and that we haven't done this yeah. six months, and I, seven and, months. And I think, and then that's the reason. You know, that's very much on purpose with our band. Oh, we yeah. only play a couple times a year yeah. because it then it always feels special. It's so fun and getting all the I'm guys together. I'm always looking forward to it. You know, like, I don't ever want it to be a thing that I'm dreading, like, oh, we yeah. got to play another game. Like, when I DJed, when I, when I DJed weddings and parties mm-hmm. and, you know, for so long, like, yeah. that was a great gig. It was fun to do. But you do it every weekend. It can become of the year. Yeah, you yeah you start to to dread it. And I this is so much fun, and I never want it to feel that way. Yeah. So you know we we only play a couple times a year, and it's always just a great party. So and fun. I can't wait. I can't wait. So again, get your tickets now at westportplay.com and join us out there. All right. Uh, d- a disturbing uh, news story that broke over the weekend. Uh, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, uh, and he addressed this today, was swatted over the weekend. And he released a statement today that he and his family are safe after someone called police to report a fake shooting at their home. What? Yeah. Ashcroft said Jefferson City Police called him Sunday to check in after receiving a call about a shooting at his house that night. Ashcroft said that he at one point walked out of his home with his hands in the air as armed police waited for him outside. Ashcroft, his wife and his children were uh, not hurt. And the secretary said, quote, I am so thankful to the Jefferson City Police Department uh, handled the situation with an extreme amount of professionalism and that no one was hurt. It is unfortunate their resources and manpower had to be used on a prank. I am hopeful those responsible for such childish, cowardice acts will be brought to justice, unquote. Yeah. So, as I mentioned a minute ago, there has been a uh, rash of these swatting incidents against public officials across the United States over the last few months. Uh, I was reading a story earlier that literally listed all of the politicians around the country that have had something like this happen to them recently. And it is so dangerous. And I'm not sure that this is something that because uh, it's a relatively new thing, and it started with like um, social media um, 
celebrities, mm-hmm. like streamers, live streamers, Twitch streamers, uh, YouTubers, um, it, it is is where it is where this this swatting thing started to be uh, started to happen. If if um, people that were watching a live stream were able to figure out exactly where you know like get the address of the person that was live streaming, they would call the police, that local police department. And report like like a shooting or like a hostage situation. Like there's somebody's in there. They kidnapped you know a little girl or you know they're holding somebody hostage in that house, and that sends the police there with guns. I mean, like a, a accusation like that, you know, is is going to be taken very very seriously. And suddenly, you know, and they're just doing it to see if they can. Because they want to watch it happen this live the on. Most- the, they want to see it happen live on the live stream and get a kick out of like. Police kicking down somebody's door. It's disgusting. And now that has crossed over from being a social media thing into more mainstream uh, celebrities like politicians. I and just it's dangerous. It's so dangerous. And it's not only just like that is the most incredibly rude thing you could ever do to someone. Have Jay Ashcroft and his family in a full-blown panic going out of their home with their arms up. Kids being like, what's happening, mom and dad? Not only is that incredibly disrespectful and rude, but talk about having resources that could be doing something else that are on call, supposed to be doing something else, but time is consumed, time is wasted by a stupid, meaningless prank. There are kids actually getting kidnapped. Mm -hmm. There are people actually shooting each other because of domestic violence in their homes. And that might be the case and unresolved because you just had someone go to Jay Ashcroft's home and be swatted. And people have died. People have died from this because... Again, it's this is how dangerous it is. So and this dangerous. is what people need to understand. You know, like a term like swatting, you know, can be like, oh, another, there was another swatting incident. If you don't know what that means, it sounds like, oh, it sounds like, you know, a little prank, whatever. No, it's, it's extremely dangerous. If the police believe that behind that door of that house is somebody who has just shot and killed yeah. a bunch of people and is in that mindset, they're, they they have to go in ready to combat that. Totally. They don't understand that the person on the other side of the door is just literally sitting there watching television or, you know, completely innocent. And people sometimes, you, you, you they they don't, you never know how somebody's going to respond to the police kicking down their door. They may get incredulous. Like, what are you, you know, like, what are you doing? You know, get mean with the police about, you know, kicking down their door when they're just sitting there watching television. And if the police think that you've, just shot a bunch of people. They're not going to put up with. Yeah, this is pushback and way. people have died because of these types of things. Yeah, this is the Tide Pod challenge where the only person affected is you. This is a this is a community issue where now you're you're wasting resources on something because you want to watch a Twitch live stream of someone getting their yeah. door broken into. It's a troll. It's like a you want to see if you can get away with it. Ugh. And and Those get a to go kick. To jail. Yeah, it will, yeah, and a lot of times it's you know, it's anonymously you know, it's an anonymous call. From a burner phone or something that can't be traced back. That's and, so pathetic. But we, if we, when these people are caught doing this, the the penalty needs to be severe. Severe. Because it is a 
It is a trend that needs to be stopped immediately because it is it is gross and it is dangerous. All right. What a way to end the show. That's going to do it for us this afternoon. But we'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast in the meantime. And keep it here for the O'Reilly Report next, followed by the Tim Jones and Chris Arps show at 4, and then Larry Connors, USA at 6. Thank you so much for listening to us and supporting us here at 1019 and 941 News Talk STL. Clay K270 BW Bell Fountain. KNBS Bowling Green. This 